This is the Friday, August 19, 2022 version of the Market Analysis segment for Market to Market. The flood of grain into the Black Sea eroded support while domestic drought added early dents to the corn crop. For the week, the nearby wheat contract dropped 51 cents, while the September corn contract, it sold off 14 cents. China's buying, despite rhetoric over Taiwan, helped stabilize the soy complex. The nearby contract sold off 46 cents. September meal decreased $16 per ton. December cotton surged again, this time 7.42 per hundredweight. That's 7%. Over in the dairy parlor, September Class 3 milk futures weakened 18 cents. The livestock market was mixed. October cattle added 75 cents. September feeders put on $1.37. And the October lean hog contract shed 6.90 or 7%. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index jumped up 252 ticks. September crude oil lost $1.31. Comex Gold contracted by 56.10 per ounce. And the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index dropped by more than eight points to finish at 669.15. Joining us now to provide some insight, it's Arlen Suderman. Hey, Arlen. Good to be back with you, Paul. Good to have you here. And uh, let's start right in your backyard, this wheat thing uh, with Russia. Not in your backyard, it's Russia, but the wheat fields of Kansas. They're watching what goes on in the Black Sea. Why is that such a drag because all this grain is coming to market? Is it any more difficult than that? Um, actually, there's been very little wheat move out of there. That's a perception that there's been a lot of wheat moving out, but there's been little wheat. Now, that's going to start increasing the weeks ahead. Most of what's been coming out uh, to this point under the agreement has been corn and other crops. Um, but if you look back to the marketing year that started July 1, uh, they have exported through their ports just a little over three, actually total exports have been just a little over three million, little under three million metric tons. That's half of what they did a year ago during a period of time. It's about a fourth what they need to be doing and what they can be doing. And so we're still seeing a real limit. If a year ago we would have told you this is all they're going to be able to export over the coming years at the current pace, it would have been considered very bullish. So perspective changes, I think it's still not enough. And if you really look at it longer term, yeah, we have a big crop in Russia, but it's a very poor quality and they're having trouble exporting it. I think USDA is way too high in their export target. And farmers there are very upset. They're getting a cheap price. Uh, they're having trouble shipping it. And they're talking about reducing what they plant for next year. Ukraine officials who have been very optimistic, they've been eternal optimists since this war started, but they're saying wheat acres for the 2023 crop will probably be down 30 to 60%. So we're talking about the breadbasket of the world now. I know we like to think we're the breadbasket of the world, but not anymore. Ukraine is the big wheat grower in the world. And we're going to see probably a sharp reduction in what's planted for next year in addition to the export problems. I'm sitting there listening to what you're saying, and I haven't heard anything that, that to me sounds like this market should be reacting in a different way. Are we factoring ahead? Is that what's happened here? No, I, I think the markets, um, you know, for the last six weeks prior to this past week, we traded sideways because the trade is trying to figure out, okay, what's our supply situation? We know we have a drought in Argentina. We have a short crop in the United States. We pretty much know what that is. Um, we have some problems in Europe. We had the export problems in the Black Sea with the war associated. 
Um, but everything seems to be in balance. And I left out the, short, the problems in India as well, where they may actually start importing wheat instead of exporting. Uh, so the market was just kind of going sideways, trying to bide some time, trying to figure it out. And then all of a sudden we broke lower and we broke through support and it became largely technical selling in nature. And the algos just piled on with sell orders and drove it down. And then coming into the weekend, we found some support and a bounce and really profit taking on that technical short covering as reports start coming out about this nuclear plant in southern Ukraine, largest nuclear plant in all of Europe. And it's the central focus of a skirmish between Ukraine and Russia right now. Now, we don't know that anything bad's going to happen there, but all it would take is one misfiring right. and you could have a leak, you know, like what we had with Chernobyl back in the 1980s. We've got, more, we've got more geopolitical to get to in, in soybeans, but I need to get to corn for a minute because you've, you've been talking all global stories here so far. And we, is corn only dominated by what's going on in the United States right now? It's getting some support from the short European crop. USDA came down 8 million metric tons. They probably have that much more to go down, if not more than that. So that raises the stakes with the U.S. crop. And the trade is starting to hear more reports of ears not feeling as well as what we'd like to see. I think this next week's industry crop tour will go a long ways toward giving us a feel of how widespread are those anecdotal reports of problems and how widespread are those anecdotal reports of good crops. But I think we're probably looking at a shorter crop than USDA currently sees. Anecdotes are one thing. Private estimates are another. Uh, You kind of have the pulse on one big private estimate. Can't make you give all the company secrets away. But do you agree with uh, the thought the privates are going to be a little lower than what the USDA is saying on how big this corn crop is? Yeah, I think USDA is going to eventually come down as well. I, I had no problem with the August 1 estimates. The corn crop usually looks good on August 1. It comes down to how does it fill during the month of August. And one of the big things I'm concerned about this year with the weather pattern we've had west of the Mississippi River, where the major, more, more over half of the crop has grown, is seed size. I think we're going to end up with small seed size. I'm saying that as a former agronomist. How small is still the question? So I'm not looking for a crop failure overall for the national crop, but I do think we're going to end up closer to that 170 um, and somewhere in there, maybe even below it, depending on how we finish the month of August. And if we do that, that leaves us with a very tight balance sheet for the next year, especially with Europe having a short crop. Right. Uh, I need to get to the algos of soybeans that you talked about. I believe at one point we dipped below the 200-day moving average. Was that the big indicator of a sell-off or a reason for a sell-off in soybeans this week, technical only? Yeah, we had the rally early in August. I never was convinced of the conviction of the funds. And you can't sustain a rally in this market without the conviction of the funds. And it just wasn't there. So as soon as the temperatures moderated in the Midwest, they started selling once again. And there are concerns about Chinese demand for the year ahead. And, And those are legitimate concerns. Um, but this crop, if we just shrink it by 5%, we basically use up USDA surplus for the coming year, and the market can't allow that to happen. The pipeline has to still have something in it. Um, so the trade found a little bit of support to end the week, just trying to make sure that let, let's see what the pod counts are in next week's tour. So again, looking at that, um, you mentioned a little bit of 
some historic things. I want to ask you a historic perspective question here that came in uh, via social media this week, and it's from Evan in Devil's Lake, North Dakota. He wants to know, what are your thoughts on chart comparisons of ag commodities now versus 08 going into the housing crash? We talked about the housing numbers off the top of the show. Do you think outside macro markets could do the same currently? Well, they certainly could. The big problem, I mean, it's much more complex than what it was in 08. We were talking about a the possible global collapse of the financial system. We're not looking at that now. Um, our problems are too much stimulus that created demand that was exceeded the supply. And even if you look at the drop in um, home sales, the supply of homes is still very tight. The problem is with interest rates going up uh, and with the uncertainty and, and near record low consumer confidence, the consumer is simply backing off. M2 money supply is still very high. Um, so this economy could back off, but we got to restore confidence in the consumer. The problem is, if that happens, there's still a lot of money in the system that we could reignite inflation once again. Mm. Uh, real quick, I need to slip in cotton here because we've had a big run the last couple of weeks, uh, and I see another big amount of rain headed to some of that cotton area now. Is that going to further impact prices? Yeah, two extremes, one to another. First, drought. Um, we're looking at abandonment of around 43%, according to USDA. That's going to result in a tremendous amount of wheat being planted after these rains. But these rains are not going to be good for the cotton that's in the field because bowls are starting to open. And uh, so if we get the heavy rains that they're calling for, that's going to do additional damage to the crop. All right, we had a cattle on feed report that came out just before we started rolling. On feed, 101% of a previous year placed uh, a way above trade estimate at 102. What did you see in that report? More evidence of the drought in the south. Um, like I said, we're going to have a lot of wheat pasture here soon over the next uh, six or eight weeks. Uh, once this rain ends, if it verifies in that region, that will help. Then we're looking at a shortage. Cow slaughter remains very high. We're finally going to start seeing these on-feed numbers drop off in the fourth quarter of this year. We're looking at beef production next year down about 6.5%. So are you in the buying mode of a feeder right now, To if you can, if you have the ability? Yeah, I think that's going to be the challenge is the tight supply of feeders as we go forward. Uh, right now, we're not looking at the record highs that we set back in, what, 2014. Uh, but we're certainly moving higher as the supply tightens up. Feed pro- feed is really the problem. We're looking at tremendous new crop basis, a buck fifty or more over a December futures right now in the southwestern plains. And there's tight supplies of wheat in that region as well. So they're having trouble coming up with feed. And that was a story I heard a lot at the Iowa State Fair this week. To a lot of people asking about feed and, and directions of that is hog market though, boy, very converse to the rest of the uh, the meats there. Much more damage to come. Yeah, and if you look at the feedlot belt uh, where we feed our cattle, we're going to be down about 450 million bushels of corn and grain sorghum production from last year. That's going to have to flow from the east to west. So there's a lot of grain in Iowa is going to be wanting to flow west. All right, Arlen, I appreciate it. We'll uh, expand a little bit more on livestock. Sorry to short that. Again, I got chewed out at the fair for that. I'm sorry. So I'll put you on the spot in just a minute, okay? All right. Thank you, Arlen. We are going to put a pause on this analysis and continue with Arlen and answer more of your submitted questions in our Market Plus segment. You can find it on our website of markettomarket.org. It's both in podcast form as well as YouTube. And all of these resources, they're free. 
Now, whether one social media platform falls in or out of favor, we always leave the inbox open. Send us any story ideas or feedback to the program in an email to market2market at iowapbs.org. Next week, we look at the Native Americans taking more control over how their food dollars are spent. Thanks for watching. Have a great week.